Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on March 5th, 2023. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to help sustain the ministries here at St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Jan Root with the Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel for this first Sunday in Lent is found in the Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter, beginning with the first verse. A certain Pharisee named Nicodemus, a member of the Sanhedrin, came to Jesus at night. Rabbi, he said, we know you're a teacher come from God, for no one can perform the signs and the wonders that you do unless by the power of God. Jesus gave Nicodemus this answer. The truth of the matter is, unless one is born from above, one cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, how can an adult be born a second time? I can't go back into my mother's womb to be born again. Jesus replied, the truth of the matter is, no one can enter God's kingdom without being born of water and the spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you must be born from above. The wind blows where it wills. You hear the sound it makes, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. How can this be possible? asked Nicodemus. Jesus replied, you're a teacher of Israel, and still you don't understand these matters. The truth of the matter is, we're talking about what we know. We're testifying about what we've seen, yet you don't accept our testimony. If you don't believe when I tell you about earthly things, how will you believe when I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who has come down from heaven, the chosen one. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so the chosen one must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in the Chosen One might have eternal life. Yes, God so loved the world as to give the only begotten One, that whoever believes may not die but have eternal life. God sent the only begotten into the world not to condemn the world, but that through the only begotten the world might be saved. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last Sunday at all of our worship services, we heard a message and an invitation from the transition team at St. Mark's. For me, it was significant that Kay Haug spoke on their behalf because she was also a member of the call committee at St. Mark's that interviewed me for the lead pastor position 22 years ago. That was obviously another important time of transition for this congregation. Those of you who were here had said farewell to two beloved pastors, and you didn't know who would walk with you into the next stage of the journey. In my case, it was exciting to think about the possibility of coming here, but it was also very hard to imagine what it would be like to leave a congregation and a community that meant so much to me and to my family, and to start the process of building new relationships in a new place. 
Like you, we all just had to trust that the Spirit of God was moving in and through all of it, and that God's abiding deep love is deep enough and strong enough to carry people through all times of transition. I will always remember what it was like to show up for the first day of work here without knowing anyone really except the people on the call committee and a few family members. It actually gave me a new appreciation for the experience of everyone since who has accepted the invitation to join a faith journey group. The groups are always diverse, but as soon as people start to tell their story, it's clear that there is one common denominator, and that for everyone is transition. No matter who you are, when you start coming to a new worshiping community, there is change happening in your life. Just take a moment, for example, to remember the circumstances of your life when you first started worshiping either here at St. Mark's or somewhere else, whether it was six days ago or 60 years ago. Change was happening, I know, and you were needing to trust that God's Spirit was moving in and through it and that God's abiding love was deep enough and strong enough to hold you as you took that risk of venturing forth into a new and unfamiliar place. If I were to choose a patron saint for all of us who take that risk in any stage of life, it would probably be Nicodemus. His actions and his behavior in the gospel story that we heard today make me think of the covenants of presence that we use at the beginning of Faith Journey and many other group encounters here at St. Mark's. Just last week, in fact, when the current Faith Journey group reflected on those covenants of presence, it felt like Nicodemus was in the room with us. And that was especially true when it came to two of the covenants that clearly draw us out of our comfort zone in times of change. It seems counterintuitive, but the first of those covenants says, welcome discomfort and dislocation in the midst of new and uncomfortable places and the company of strangers move against an instinct to construct a mental space of safety or to check out. We don't know much about Nicodemus, but John does tell us that he was a member of the Sanhedrin, and Jesus calls him a teacher of Israel. Although there is much debate about the historic nature of the Sanhedrin in Jesus' time, sources from the Jewish Talmud describe it as a religious governing body recognized by the Roman colonists, a body which yielded a lot of power and authority. At the highest levels, the Sanhedrin could appoint the king and the high priest, declare war, expand the territory of Jerusalem and the temple. And judicially, it could try a high priest, a false prophet, a rebellious elder, or an errant tribe. So when Nicodemus stepped out of that safe, controlled environment and made himself vulnerable, with a person who was already seen as a threat to groups like his own, he was truly welcoming discomfort and dislocation. He was letting go of the need to be in control. And he was allowing himself to be open to things that he could not yet 
see or understand. It makes me so curious about the change that was happening in his life at that time. Whatever it was, I love the way that Nicodemus moved against the instinct to construct a safe space. I also love the way that he models the other covenant of presence that I'm thinking of when I read his story. And it too seems counterintuitive in times of change and uncertainty. The desire that most of us have, I think, when our lives are in flux is to have things nailed down and clearly defined. But that second covenant of presence says, love the questions themselves. For Nicodemus, that love of questions also came with a willingness to be perceived as ignorant or unknowing, which takes it to an even deeper level. To be honest, I cringe when Jesus says, you're a teacher of Israel and you still don't understand these matters? At that point, I think I would have just decided to keep my mouth shut or be the lawyer who says, no further questions. But Nicodemus seems to have checked his ego at the door of that room where they met. And he is willing to take the risk of being put in the place of a beginner. Even though he's a teacher of Israel, Nicodemus seems to have what Richard Rohr calls a beginner's mind, which is a wonderful way to keep growing, to keep humble, and to live in wonder. Here at St. Mark's, I'm glad that the transition team has also chosen to love the questions as they begin their work. As Kay Haug said last week, this time of change is an opportunity to ask questions. Questions about things that really matter, like who are we and what do we value most in our life together? And with the beginner's mind of Nicodemus, loving those questions also means living with them, perhaps even lingering with them without presuming that we already know the answers. That may be hard, but in the end, Jesus says, it is finally the work of a divine spirit within us that blows where it wills. We may hear the sound of it, but we won't know where it is coming from and where it is going. And what is true for us as a community is also true for us as individuals. Every day of our life really represents some kind of change, some kind of transition that is beyond our control. And we all need to remember that God's Spirit is at work in and through it, and that God's abiding love is deep enough and strong enough to carry us through it. As I apply that to my own life, I can identify with Nicodemus. But right now, I have to say that I also feel very close to Abraham, the one who was told in our first reading today to go from your country and your kindred. In my first two pastoral calls, I did have to actually leave my country and kindred to go to Cameroon and then to leave Cameroon to go to a yet-to-be-determined place in southwest Washington. And then after nine years in that grace-filled place, I didn't leave the country again, but I did go with my family to this new 
community in Tacoma. And through it all, I did learn a little bit of what it means to walk in Abraham's shoes. So I should be well prepared for another experience like that coming up in a few months. But the truth is, it never gets easier. Going from your country and your kindred always means leaving what you love dearly in order to venture into the land that God will show you. Thankfully, you and I and all of Abraham and Sarah's descendants have the one thing that matters most in life. Through all of the discomfort and dislocation that comes with change, through all of the questioning, through all of the new life and the beginnings that are birthed by the Spirit that blows where it wills, we have an enduring promise that has never been broken, not even since the beginning of time. I will bless you, God says, so that you will be a blessing. I will love you with a love that is big enough to hold the whole world and the whole cosmos. It is God's own covenant of presence with us. And in it, we have all that we will ever need. Thanks be to God. Amen.